finishes. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, February 21st. And some unfortunate news, college across no longer exists because Michael Sowers decided to break it. So, Jake, uh, it, was, it was a good run that we had as a podcast, but we have nothing left to cover anymore. Yeah, not a, not a bit. Michael Sowers um, murdered everyone. And we're all dead with the 14 points. Yeah, RIP to us, uh, RIP to Colgate. Um, my God, oh, <laughs> Colgate's having a rough run this year so far. It, it's it's February 21st, and Colgate has already been on the receiving end of three of the hardest dunks of that we'll see all season between the Chris Gray debut at UNC, four goals in the first quarter. Thanks for coming out. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Chase Scanlon, seven goals in his Syracuse debut. Just you know, good night, Jim Kite, and then. Michael Sowers, the performance that he put on Tuesday night, one for the ages. I, I'm at a loss of words for this guy. I mean, again, we might as well just jump right into it because this is the biggest thing of the week. Uh, this will be one of the biggest stories of the year as we watch Michael Sowers potentially put up 200 points this year and, and his college career as the leading point scorer in NCAA history because – that's the pace the sick bastard's on right now. I mean, he had, he had what, four and seven his first game of the season and then follows that up with a quick 14-point performance, three goals, 11 assists against Colgate. What a monster. I mean, I, I feel like for a lot of people, especially like R8, you know, so you and I were both, you know, the 20s, like late-ish 20s. It's, it's tough to admit, but we're getting there in age. Mm. Uh, but for like our generation, our era of lacrosse, um, like Mikey Powell is that guy. And like, yeah, like a little bit of it bleeds into like Rabel, I guess, a little bit. But, yeah. but like Mikey Powell is the guy. And to see what Michael Sowers is able to do on the lacrosse field, that's – it's it's everything that Mikey Powell could do, just without a guitar. Yeah, uh, oh, definitely without a guitar because you know, uh, Mikey is multi talented. But yeah, no, we, when it it begs the question, and I and I and I talked to my buddy about this one time. Is you know, Sowers is just the the way that he plays. It's so difficult. Like he's almost unguardable, right? He will destroy an an entire scheme. Um, just the, you know, 11 assists, like in, and, you know, he had, he, I correct me if I'm wrong, but that was, he broke the, um, I think like the single game points record was like 13. Um, I know, and he I know broke that, it. Is it for the Ivy, the Ivy was, league? I think that that was for the Ivy, but I'm, I'm almost positive. Like, I feel like 14 is tied for like the, the record for any division one game i could be wrong on that i feel like it's tied if not like he, he'd he be like one point away yeah i mean just it's almost hard to describe like you have to look at the highlights and see what he does on the field and the way that he the way that he moves his vision everything like that it's just it's fucking brutal it's honestly brutal to watch because he makes people trip and he embarrasses defensemen and it, why would 
like exactly hi how you doing thanks for coming out uh see like so the the dodging is just like the dodge you see this kid move and his footwork and you know his ability like that stuff is almost he could have had 14 points in that game against colgate and done none of that because like like what makes michael sowers and i'll say what makes him the best player in the nation um and like as of right, like, yeah, like there are some arguments to be made, but I'd put Sowers at the top of that, um, you know, especially if people are talking about like an upcoming PLL draft. But what makes mm-hmm. him the best in the nation and what separates him uh, is, is this kid's brain. He's got uh, just an abnormally large brain and the way that he sees the lacrosse field and the way that he – like I guarantee you – that Michael Sowers could have gone into Colgate's practice on Monday and like did like chalk talk with Colgate defense and and he would know everything about Colgate's defense way better than their polls do, right? Like he knows where the slide's coming from, he knows where that two's gonna be, he knows where they're rotating, he knows where guys are replacing each other. Like he knows absolutely everything to where if like one defender, if he's like dodging from X, right? And you know, obviously heads always up the moment he sees like one guy move like half an inch. He's like, yep. I know exactly where my guy on the backside is going to be. That's an easy assist. So he already knows all of this. And so, you know, he, he knows all of it already. And he's like, fuck man. Like I've been doing this for years now. Like I had, I'm the career assist leader in high school across history. I've been doing this my entire life. It's getting way too easy. Let me just try to spice it up a bit. Let me hit the stick shift on this guy real quick. Make him look like a fool. And like that, that's the thing. Like that's those dodges are just the cherry on top for Michael Sowers. Like he doesn't need to do it to get the the results that he does because you know his he's thinking five steps ahead of everybody else that's out there on the cross field, including the coaches. But he's just doing that because because he's bored, probably. And that's the scary part is that he makes it all look so easy. You know, as, as a defenseman, it's like, how am I supposed to guard a guy who is so nimble around the cage and also has, he's also three steps ahead of me every single time. Am I just supposed to straight up fucking foul him? You know, like that's at some point it becomes like, well, I mean, he's going to do that dodge thing again. I could just, you know, soak a couple checks on his arm and piss him off. But, you know, if he gets pissed off, he's going to go get a cortisone shot in the locker room and then come back and, you know, drop four on my head. So, I, you know, it's, it's at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I posted that tweet on Twitter. It was like, you know, screaming about the screaming, you know, help police like whenever you know the you know the coach is coming comes out in the locker room he's like all right son you got michael sowers today that's your that's your fucking assignment i'd be like dear god like why i mean but that's it's it's that way with everybody else like you know great i gotta guard grant i meant today like that like you step on the field you're like hey grant how are you he's probably like he's probably very cheery you know michael him and him and sowers are probably very cheery they're probably like Oh, probably, I'm good. They'll probably ask you about your family. Like, oh, how's your grandma yeah. doing? Oh, you know, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I uh, ran into your cousin the other day. She's great. Awesome, awesome. Like, have like a full-fledged conversation with you. Then you turn around, all of a sudden, the ball's in the back of the net. You're like, fuck, I gotta go back and take another face off now. It's really just mean. Uh, but at the same time, you're like, you know, it, it makes it more fun, too. And I'm sure that they're very, you know, like, 
you know, joking around with people after the games and shit like that. And I, I would hope, but I mean, I mean, Sowers and Ament right now are tied at 25 for the, uh, um, for points. Um, and sneakily behind them is uh, Brendan Nick Turn. And of course, Mac O'Keefe is in there. Between Mac O'Keefe and Grant and Ament right now, they have 45 points. So, and fuck. it's, we still have a, a full, a full, full season, full two weekends of February left. Full two weekends of February left, and there are any there. Um, but yeah, I, I just the one thing that I'm afraid of because really the only way to stop Sours, it, like you, you have to shut them off, and that's I'll be so pissed. It let's say that all all the Division One college coaches right now, if you're listening to this, which you are, which you should be, because if you're not, you're not doing your due diligence as a coach. If you shut off Michael Sowers this year, you are a complete and total coward, and we will hate you forever because, listen, let's just call a spade a spade here, right? Princeton, not, not a great team, right? I mean, like the fact that, that we have a chance to see one of the best players to come through the game not play in the tournament game because Princeton just can't really piece it all together – is a crime against humanity. But so like we, we don't know if if we have any more games past the regular season for Princeton. I like they're on a good path right now, but we don't know if we'll see Michael Sowers ever play in the tournament just because Princeton hasn't done it in a while. So if you waste any of these precious, precious final moments that we get to watch Michael Sowers play at Princeton by shutting him off. I will do everything. We will do everything in our power to get your program shut down by the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go and make, I'm going to check every Instagram post that every one of your players has ever done. And if they've tagged any company, you're, you're fucked. I will find, I will find them on Venmo and, and I will, I will, I will send the entire roster 69 cents each. Because I don't have, I'm, I'm not very liquid, right? I, I don't have a ton of money to be thrown around. The way there. my bank account is set up, it, you know, it, it, it's, you know what I mean. There, there's a, there's a checkings, there's a savings. I gotta, I gotta move some things around. Um, you know, rents due the first of the month, get paid the fifteenth. So like, you know, don't, cl- you know, don't try to cash that sixty nine cents until after the fifteenth. Right, right. But still, that that should be enough for the NCAA to step in here and be like, see you guys. Yeah, you. We we are unfortunately robbed of seeing Michael Sowers in the in the in the in the tournament. But you know what I would like? Uh I would like to see. I think a a fun a fun thing that I would like to see is maybe after the tournament, after everything's done, you know, maybe on tournament weekend or something, uh, we have like an all-star game. You know, like a like an all-star game. Like the, you know, they have the Under Armour All Americans game. They have all-star games in beer league. They have PLL all-stars. They got MLL. Yeah, but, but what? just, just hold on. So we get to see them, you know, Michael Sowers, Graham and Mac O'Keefe all play together. I think it would be fun, right? Like who, 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 who wants, who doesn't want to see another game? They're not going to get hurt because they're all they're They, they know each other, right? Like fucking, uh, 
you know, there's not, uh, JT Giles Harris isn't going to chop Michael Sauer's arm off. All right. Well, know? basically, here, here's what we can do. Uh, uh, first off, I would like to mention, should just put that out there. It was a total joke. We're not going to be sending kids 69 cents on Venmo. Just absolutely I, not. I, I, Disclaimer. I feel, I feel like the NCAA won't give us credentials anymore. If they never really do anyway, we just have to like sneak our way in there. But, um, what I was saying is maybe we'll just put the team together, uh, an all-star team for the Lake Placid tournament, and then that'll be, that'll be that. All-star games are – those guys are just going to want to chill. They're not going to want to actually play good lacrosse. Well, I, I wasn't – I mean, we know what an all-star game is, though. It's not like we're going to – it's not like I, that's an expectation. It's like, oh, I, I expect to see, you know – uh, what, these guys trying hard. What I want is a new Michael Sowers rule that we can impl- implement in May. So again, kids just brain is phenomenal. So there's a chance he's able to graduate from Princeton today. I'm sure that he's, he's taken extra courses. Like the kids just genius. I'm, I'm sure he's, he's able to graduate today if he wanted to. Um, so I think as long as he's graduated from Princeton, and Princeton is out of the tournament, which they've been the past few years, he should be able to transfer and get immediate eligibility to join the team for the tournament. I think if Ryder Garnsey can join Notre Dame for, for, the, for the tournament, I think that if, you know, maybe it could be Notre Dame. If Notre Dame said, hey, Michael Sowers, you just graduated, how would you like to join the squad and, and bolster up? I mean, there's no trade deadline in NCAA lacrosse, so... If if Princeton doesn't get in, I think we need to make up a new Michael Sowers role just so that we get to watch him in the tournament. That's fine. And we can designate one, like there's like a Michael Sowers role where we can do like one person a year gets yeah. to do that. Yeah, you get, you get like special eligibility. Um, now you had just mentioned Brendan Nickturn being one of the top point scorers so far this year in college across. And... Through Saturday, I would say that the troops were probably the most dominant team in college across. I mean, they put they I, came I, out hot. I, I think that they were they were outscoring opponents fifty one to nine. I, I, I'm not a huge math guy, but I think simple addition worked out to be that way. Um, I mean, just put an absolute beat down against UMass, who I thought was great was going to be good this year. Then they sucked against Army, but then they end up coming out and, and beating Ohio State. So I still have no idea how to feel about UMass. Uh, then they beat up on NJIT, which, like, all right, no offense. Yeah. NJ, NJIT, like, you guys – you guys love might, you guys. Uh, I, we don't. <laughs> like, that was just <laughs> like – trying to be nice. That was, that was like a nice thing for you to say. And, like, I, I appreciate how nice you were trying to be, but we don't. Um, if I were NJIT, I would make sure that I don't listen to this podcast the rest of the season because we're probably just going to shit on you the whole time. Um, but that was a 19 to one one. And then they beat up on Rutgers who, you know, Rutgers again is one of those teams that I'm never sold on, but it seems like the media is sold on and like people are like, yeah. And you know, then, but a 15 to four win against them. So that's good. So like you're thinking to yourself, holy shit. Army is like, yeah, these guys are going to be defending our nation one day. So having to defend a six by six cage is cake work to them. They're just going to bully everyone this year. Then they play their first weekday game of the year. And a 17-9 loss to Marist on a Tuesday night 
Like, did I? Did I not? Wait, on the last podcast, I did not. Did I not discuss that Maris won the 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 conference championship a few years ago? Like, I I I want to say that I was almost leaning towards Maris. So, in effect, I did kind of call that one. Because yeah, so we were talking about the Maris Richmond game. Yeah. And 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 you you were high, and that you know that was a tight one, thirteen eleven. So you know a a very respectable loss for Maris. And um, but yeah, I mean, listen though, it's you can't outscore teams fifty one to nine in your first three games and then get beat down by eight to a Maris team who yeah like it's a solid program, but it's not like. It's not like they walked into, you know, Virginia and had, like, Matt Moore, Doc Zagan, Michael Krause just sticking on them, right? Like, it's it's okay. still – I don't know, man. It's it just – these Tuesday games are just a, an absolute mindfuck because now I, I don't know how to feel about anybody this year. Like, in my opinion, there are, like, three – great teams in college across this year. And granted, it's still early, so we're still figuring some of these teams out. I think that they're like three-ish great teams. I think there, there are a lot of like really okay teams. And then I think a lot of teams this year are just bad. And again, it's, it's early in the season, so that can change. But like out of, out of all the years that we've been doing this so far, I feel like this is the year where I have just – zero idea how to feel about anybody because it's anybody can look great on a Saturday and then complete shit on a Tuesday or, you know, the reverse. I think we finally reached the apex of, I, I, we, I mean, how many years in a row was it discussed? Like parody is coming in college lacrosse. Like the amount of recruits is going to force parody among amongst the top 10, 15, 20 programs. I think we're reaching – I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're reaching the apex of, of parity amongst these teams because you've got teams like Richmond, who is a six-, seven-year-old program, beating a, uh, you know, a championship weekend Navy team or a recent, the recently championship weekend Navy team. You know, like that's something that that is different. Even, you know – I mean, yeah, there's there's pretty distinct differences between the top 20 and the bottom 20, you know, or the top 20, the mid 20, and the bottom 20. But at the same time, like that that top 20 is growing closer together by the day. I I just feel like, I don't know. And again, it's going to keep saying this. It's early, so we still don't know exactly who teams are, what they have, or this and that. But I, I would agree with you, like, the uh the parody is coming the parody is coming the parody is coming i think like if if there was like a pendulum for parody like i i think what we saw is like uh like peter dearth just like ran like full head of steam and like headbutted it and now the pendulum has swung way too far way too quickly because like right now it, it everything is fucked everything is fucked i mean again the that army it, now the Hopkins thing too, um, you know Hopkins. This one is a little bit more. Um, we're we're used to seeing this out of Hopkins because I feel like right now, over the last few years, they're a team that just refuses to be great. 
like they have they have it all there like they have the players but like if as as soon as i'm ready to buy all the way in on hopkins they they shit the bed and then as soon as i'm ready to uh completely sell on hopkins they'll come out and they'll be you know top three team in the nation so like you know we've already we've always seen that um but so like you know i i don't know i guess that that was a bad example but like umass umass getting shit pumped by army and then coming back out and beating ohio state it's like what what is who is actually good what the fuck is going on you know and that all i think that also it's going to sound like a really simple explanation but i think it can also depend on the team and like what's happening for that day like you know you, you know, you like you go, you, you get your boys out of the team. You guys are all fired up, but like something's off, right? Like, you know, it's, everybody's like a little tired or something. Like maybe that, you know, you got a couple rough practices during the week and then, you know, the warm up isn't great, right? You got guys who don't normally don't miss and they're fucking firing at eight feet over the cage. They can't catch in a four on three, stuff like that. And it just fucks up your whole mood for the entire game. You know, you're making unforced errors and things like that. So, you know, you can either say that like, yeah, the intangibles are off, like a team has an off day or, you know, they literally, you know, they, they had an off day or they got outplayed, you know, Loyola, I don't, I, I, I think, I, I think this, the, the Hopkins game was more telling of Loyola because we're not really sure where Loyola stands. You know, that's a, I think that because they played Virginia pretty close, that game was a lot closer than, than the score suggested i thought it was they, the other way around that it was, I, don't, I, I don't i don't know when I again went, i'm out i'm out on how loyola plays yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not sure I, all right yeah i i think i yeah my brain is just busted right but i i like that i think that it's um now here's the thing i as you're saying that the the boomer millennial in me is starting to yeah. think that is is this an issue? Like, really what I want to do, I, I want one of these teams right now, I want one of these college teams to bring the boys. Like, I, I saw that High Point brought a niche in <laughs> to practice. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I, need, I need one of you guys to bring the crease type boys into practice because I need to see what kind of kids are playing college across these days because, like, are they like, – like, that's – I don't know, like – are, are the are the boy are the guys being dudes like are, are they like actually boys like that's a that's a big thing like if, if you're saying like oh maybe like the warm-up was off or you know maybe this and that like i feel like if you're a team where everyone's bought in everyone's boys like it's like close-knit like everyone like you know like, yeah people want to get rid of the laxboro culture like whatever like are the boys just crushing beers together on the weekend so the boys crushing beers or like sneaking drinks in their water bottles on the bus ride home from games like are, are they like i don't know i i just you hear about some of these kids who like you're like yeah yeah how, like how's how's such and such and it's like ah well like i don't know like they don't really like come out and like hang with us that much like mm. like you you need basically what i'm saying is i i feel like maybe some of these issues kind of what you're talking about is just because kids are different these days. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot easier for teams to have that, like, 
ah, something's off. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, we just don't have it today. Like if, if you have like a bunch of just like weirdo kids that all like kind of do their own things. I don't know that that's probably going to be like a boomer take or whatever, but I don't know. I, I want a team that is sneaking drinks onto the bus, getting fucked up like that team. That is like, that's a team that'll stick together and won't lose a game on Tuesday because they're like, yeah, like whatever guys, like we had like a shit first, first two quarters, but like, we're not, we're not losing this. Like we're in this one and then we're all going to get fucked up together later and it's going to be sweet. And then we won't have to run at practice and everything will be good. Yeah, no, I totally feel that, you know, the, I think the chemistry of the team also can, can hold them back too. Um, you know, if, if you've got a couple all-stars on a team and they just, they don't work well together, you know, for some reason it could, whether it's, you know, from a coaching standpoint, whether it's, you know, you got big heads or you got guys who just their attitudes don't mesh, um, you know, that, that always can be an issue, but, you know, a, a great example of, of a team that has taken to definitely the, the, I, and I know it, like the evidence is there is that the North Carolina team, uh, their, their acceptance uh, of their, of their transplant of Chris Gray um, has, you know, that definitely shows like, yeah, those boys are, those boys, those boys are boys. Right. Because he's a, he's a new guy. He's an outsider. He's a, you know, why the fuck are you here? Type, type, <laughs> type deal. Like, um, they totally accepted him and, you know, for a guy to come in and absolutely just start blowing it up and on the, on the scoreboard, huge. So I get it. Like yeah. I, I, that, that the UN, UNC's got it and other well, teams, they might or might not. Well, because yeah, like think about what, you know, Chris Gray transferred, like, all right. So anyone who's getting recruited to go play at North Carolina, like you don't get recruited to UNC. You don't get recruited by Brescia unless you are a dog in high school. Like you got to be sick. So like you get recruited by Brescia and you're thinking to yourself, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to go, especially in if you're an attackman, cause like attackmen kind of have that little bit of like, kind of like a wide receiver type of personality ish, at least the majority. Um, so like, you know, if you're an attackman at UNC and you see over the summer that Chris Gray is transferring to to UNC from Boston, like it would be super easy for a lot of those kids to just be like real jealous, like and and like not accept them. Like it, it would be like real easy for them to be like, yeah, like fuck you, man. Like you're not coming to take my spot. Like go fuck yourself. Like give him a hard time, make him not feel like he's you know part of the boys. Be like, yeah, like whatever, like you can like come here, but you're, you're late to the party. Like, this is our team. Get out of here. But just like you said, they were like, no, like you're here. We're, we're, we're all heels. We're all dudes. And, and we're, we're going to be just fucking pounding people all the way up until Memorial day weekend. So like, that's again, that great. You're, you're, you're clicking today. Cause that was a great point. Like you see the ability to bring, like to bring in a guy and not let that jealousy of someone coming in and taking your spot right away. Yeah. I mean, now granted they have wins over Colgate Mercer and Lafayette. So it's not exactly like they're world beaters, but the way that they're doing it is promising. Well, I, I, I yeah, I just got, um, absolutely. Um, I, I'm seeing red right now because I was so mad that, 
Lafayette, I was so mad at their jersey scheme. It made me so unbelievably disgusted watching it. I, I, and I'm kind of, I kind of get it because the colors for the school are ugly to begin with. Um, I, I, the, their scheme, they weren't set up for success when it came to uh, their color scheme. So I get it, right? But the thing I don't get is the the mismatch, you know, the 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 mismatching of the jersey colors with the with the shooter shirts. I I, I really don't understand that. Um, that's a personal preference thing, but my personal preference is to look good, and I think that when you look good, you play good. So, uh, yeah, that's a little a little sidetrack there, but that was they were pretty fucking disgusting, and it was, and I I just I need to let them know too that I wasn't the only one. Every single person who replied to the tweet about Lafayette's uniforms was like, yeah, that's disgusting. We hate it. So, listen, I'm not the only hater out there, folks. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about discussing uniforms, well, actually, let, let me give a quick shout-out to some uh, – I let, let's go the opposite here. I was, I was going to shit on Army a little. I feel like we already shit on them a little bit for losing to Marist. Uh, Army, mm-hmm. you guys look terrible, though. Like, it's a, it's a, luckily, you guys are, like, pretty nasty this year besides that, you know, that one loss to Marist. But that's, that's a rough look for Army. Um, I thought that, you know, and, and this, is, this is another big game that we'll have to talk about here. Um, I thought that Villanova – looks what i i thought that the the powder blue uniform i'm not sure if that's a look that we've seen out of nova before at least not that i can remember i know that they've gone powder blue before but like that whole setup that they had going uh against maryland like they looked so good against maryland and maryland looked good too i I think you know maryland usually tends tends to look good like they have like th- those colors are kind of ingrained in your brain as being lacrosse colors, just because Maryland's been so dominant over you know the past decade. Um, I thought that that was a really, as as far as the eyes go, a great looking game. Now, tough one for Maryland, which you know they've been. It's it's been a it's it's been a strange start to the season for Maryland. Yeah, it, to say the least. Um... Like you go I mean, back their their first their first three games, right? They're they were uh I mean did they go into halftime? I think that they were what? They were up by one maybe at halftime against high point, or was that tied? Well, I was watching that game, I should know. It might have been I, I want to say they were tied at half. It was yeah, maybe up, were, you know, up one or tied two. Or it was like nine eight. Either way, tight one against high point. Then they come out in the second half, they blow them out. Um but then you go to uh, their, their Richmond game, and they're down by what? They're, they were down by five, right? And they come back, and they, they win that game in double overtime. Um, then they play against Penn. They were down 15-9, to nine, and then that's when Danny Boy Maltz just decided to take over five quick goals in, a, in the comeback from being down 15-9 uh, as Maryland came back to beat Penn 17-15. Um, but like they haven't, they, they haven't looked great at all this season. And then they follow those comebacks up or, you know, maybe not a comeback against high point, but still they follow all those up with a one goal loss to Villanova. What a performance. 
what a performance by Noah. And again, this is just one of those, another example of what in the fuck are we supposed to think about these teams? I mean, you could, I mean, we, we've, we've consistently lobbied that a one goal loss to Villanova can put you in the national championship. So do you think that uh, that's what it is? Do you think that this is a copycat league? Like, do you think that Tillman, do you think that Tillman saw on, um, on Saturday that Yale had decided to lose or that Yale had decided to beat uh, Nova 18 to 12. Right. So he's like, Oh fuck. Like those idiots, like, they needed that overtime loss to Villanova to get to the national championship. They decided to win. Now we can take that from them. Like, do you think that they fuck Jerry'd them? Uh, I think so. Or, or even maybe, maybe a little more uh, realistic. Um, Villanova saw that they were going to get, that they were getting crushed by Yale. And they said, all right, boys, let's put the twos and the threes in. Let's get the boys some some runs, and then we'll focus on Maryland on Tuesday, and we'll come out and fucking destroy them, uh, or come out and give them a good game. Meanwhile, Maryland had to put up with a very, very, very tough Penn team all the way into the fourth quarter, deep into the fourth quarter. So, a couple of Maryland boys might have been a little bit tired in that in that Villanova game. Uh, could be, maybe they maybe they went out Saturday night, got overserved. Uh, Sunday they were recovering and then Monday they, you know, hadn't picked up a stick in two days and were a little rusty. And then Tuesday's game day. So, I mean, it's, there's, there's a couple different variables in there that you really have to consider, but at the same time, like for America, I hate to say, you know, I hate to shit on Villanova because I love, I've always liked Villanova literally for no reason at all. I, I just, well, no, I have plenty of reasons is one. They used to run a man up. They used to run a man up with a pole. Joe Lacasio, and I also one of my favorite players of all time is John Clue, uh, because the man was five foot four and had absolutely a just a freak with the ball. But um, like Maryland can't be losing to a Villanova and wanting to be a, a national championship team. Yeah. I, it, it's a bad it's a bad look, and I love Villanova, but that that is a bad look for Maryland. Um, and I, I get again the Tuesday games are especially if you're a Tuesday on the road. Like, I get it's such, like, a, a, like, you know, like, you probably have at least, like, maybe, like, a class or two in the morning. Then you got to get to the fucking drag. Then you got to get to the bus. Then you got to, then you got to, you know, get your, you know, your ride up, uh, you know, ride up 95 on the 76 to get to Villanova. And then you get off the bus and you warm up a little bit. But it's like, ah, fuck, man, like. You know, I've just been like sitting down all day. Like, you know, you probably like packed yourself like a, a shitty lunch on the bus right there. You're like, I don't really feel great. Like, I get, <laughs> I get that it's a pain in the ass to travel on a Tuesday for a game, and then especially against it. And again, Villanova, like, all right, they got worked by Penn State. Like, not like it. It showed that Villanova is not on the level of Penn State. Then they get worked by Yale. It showed that they are not on the level of Yale. But still, like those are those are probably besides besides Virginia, those are the best teams in the nation. So to like play against them, you know, then following that up with Merritt, like that is a brutal schedule to come out of the gate with. Um, but like 
So you already play two of the top, I would say, three teams in the nation. You're like, all right, like whatever. Like we've already seen everything we're going to see. We're at home on a Tuesday. These fuckers have to drive here like after their classes. Like whatever, like let's just go ball. And they did. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we would see if Villanova was a, a home team on a Tuesday night their entire season, they'd probably end like, you know, like eleven and eleven and whatever, eleven and four, whatever, however yeah. many games they have. Um, but the Saturday games against some of these top top teams are are gonna be uh, you know, I think that I think that Denver is is a Saturday game, I believe. Um, I think they play Penn on a Saturday. So, like, those ones will be losses. But you catch some teams on a Tuesday, Villanova is one of those teams that will just fuck up the rankings by beating someone on a Tuesday. True. So, I, 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 have, to, I have to shout out. Um, there's a kid I, I coached for a tournament uh, named Eric Overbay from Lambert, Georgia. Uh, from Lambert High School, he's on the, the that Villanova team. He had two points in the game. So, uh, if you really think about it, uh, I, you know, my influence uh, probably got him that goal. Which, if they didn't have that goal, they'd be tied to Maryland. So, that's the winning goal right there. It was my responsibility. Also, that kid's a freak. I think he committed it like he was like a freshman. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go play at Villanova. It's like, fuck, you're 14 years old, dude. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing at 14 years old. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that's – I think Tuesday Tuesday night Villanova at home, they're, uh, they're a 10-4 and four team. Uh, ben, playing Penn State at home, fat chance. Uh, but I think that's the case for everybody with Penn State. And, well, you know, Penn – I'm, I'm – getting on the Penn State – getting on the Penn State wagon this year is, is – is, is tough for me right now because of what happened last year. I am, I am hurt uh, by – I am hurt deeply that, that all we talked about was Penn State this, Penn State that, and they went out sad to Loyola. So I'm not going to give them my kiss of death yet. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and watch Mac O'Keefe and Grant Ament, um, who probably sleep in bunk beds like Marcus Holman and Will Manny, or maybe they even sleep in the same bed, like a double, like in, in a dorm on the Penn state campus or something like that, you know, just, just nice and cozy finishing each other's sentences and things like that. But I'm just going to watch them for the rest of the season and not say anything because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it again and feel hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know what you meant. They did beat Loyola. Uh, who they lose to? Yale, and it, it was it – Oh, was, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. You, I, you, I, everybody I, knows I, what I meant. I knew exactly what, what you were saying there. It wasn't the team. It was the, it was the going out sad. But here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing. I think that it's almost better that they did it, though, because think about – so when they win the national championship this year, so, you know – they'll, they'll oh, you're make, just going to fucking say it. You're the, just going to say it like that. Like, yeah. Well, I, well, sorry, so, guys. So when they win the national championship this year, think about that video. Like the video is going to start probably like black and white with the loss to Yale. It'll be like a niche on the call. Like the Yale Bulldogs are going back to the national, like whatever. And then like it, it like cuts to like some like sad faces. Maybe like Matt O'Keefe was crying. Maybe Grant was like, 
you know, walking off the field, feeling all dejected. Maybe Tambroni was just like, I don't know, eating like a protein bar, like real, like sadly. And then, then it, it goes like, like that, that's like the revenge tour. So. Okay. And, and I, and I get that. So I, I'm totally. I think, yeah. I think we, we, sh- I don't know. I felt like we were at the beginning of the season when we didn't know that February was going to be just so fucked. I felt a little bit bad about mushing, potentially mushing Penn state by just saying that, that they were our pick for the national championship. After seeing a lot of these teams already like this early in the season refuse to be great. Like, that's the thing. I, I think that there are a lot of teams like Hop, Hopkins is one of them where it's like, dude, like you guys have it all figured out. Just be consistent for me one time. But some of these teams, they just, they don't want to be great. They don't have it in them to be great. So I think because of that, that just opens up the door for teams. Like I, I think like Penn state and I think that Virginia are teams that are like, I don't know. I feel like those teams have a killer mentality where it's like, like we're not, we're not going to just drop some like random yet. Now, granted, now that I say that we'll see, this will be the real test. If I, I could potentially fuck them up here by how much I'm hyping them up. Um, you could, but yeah, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest story, just Michael Sowers being a freak. Um, Denver, it's, you live by February or whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I meant to say Duke there, but Duke, you live by February Duke, you die by February Duke. Um, this was one of the live bys to travel to Denver. Um, pretty sure. So since 2011, only only one time had the home team lost in this matchup between Duke. So uh, Denver beat Duke at Duke in 2013. You like those stats just buzzing right now. Just off the top um, of your head. Yeah, haven't even researched that at all. That's just all straight knowledge. Uh, but this, so this was like the second time. So again, like Duke, we as much as we talk about February Duke and how you know they're they're always a little slow out of the gates, it's still Duke. Like they're they're, they're going to be slow out of the gates, but they still have it in them to travel to Denver, get off the plane, get on the field, and Dyson Williams. First off, what a name, um, Hill 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 Academy kid. Just quick hat trick, and uh, they had three guys. I think Joey Manown had a hat trick. Uh, Joe Robertson had a hat trick. So when Duke gets themselves going, whoa, baby. Yeah, Duke. Um, Duke's going to be another team. They're going to take their Feb- you know their February lumps like they always do, and then come May, they're going to be absolutely fucking just guns blazing. Um, and I, I hope that there is another team who pulls their shit together to take off Duke right before the fucking tournament. I would just, I would love that for Duke to miss the tournament. That'd be fucking great. And I don't care if you're a Duke homer. Like I just, I Duke has been one of the teams that I've never been able to root for in my entire life. I'm, I was born in North Carolina, and when you're born there, you pick UNC or Duke. And I have UNC, so Duke can fuck itself. I'm sure there's cool guys, you know, like I'm, I'm sure JT Giles Harris is a fucking chiller. I'm sure Joey Manone's a, a chiller. Like I'm sure there's like very cool guys, but like the nothing makes me want to vomit. And I'm sorry, Gutty. I know you listen to this podcast too, but like I, nothing makes me want to vomit like the Duke D. Um, 
and I, I got nothing, nothing but respect for the program, but I just, I don't like it. Um, Gutty, Gutty's too busy being Hollywood doing shoots for SCX to be listening to this right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't have that same hatred for Duke that you have just cause I didn't grow up with that, but I, I appreciate that hatred. Like I got to like, like it, I think that really 75% of being a sports fan is, is truly hating another team, right? Like in, in anything, like you can be a fan of someone, but like what, what's better for you? Like, Maybe maybe it's not better, but it's like all right. So you you want to win, but you also want to see the team that you hate lose. And like you think about like so you love beating them, and you also love seeing them lose. So really, they're like I would say sixty six percent of being a sports fan is just truly despising a rival. So I appreciate your hatred of Duke. Well, thank you. I I. I... I definitely appreciate it. And before we go any further, I have to issue an, an error correction that somebody on Instagram let me know um, that I have been t- I've been saying that uh, Chase Scanlon is a midfielder, but he has been playing attack. Somebody let me know on Instagram that I was m- mistaken, um, which is fine. Like I, I totally get that, but like he played midfield for pretty much his entire loyal. I mean, he played midfield loyal and then he was on the preseason all American list as a midfielder. So anyway, and he's also going to take you from up top. He's going to take you. From yeah. Behind. Like half of, half of his, half of his goals. Yeah. So I you mean, know, he's both in my mind, you know, the kid had fucking five points against Binghamton. Like it was nothing. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a position. He just wears 22. Yep. Um, all right. So before we get to our weekend preview, uh, we'll, we'll change it up a little bit this week. Um, been, been having some, some logistics issues with, uh, you know, getting some of these, uh, guests on. So, uh, you know, another guestless episode. So we figured we'd switch it up a little bit here and just take some topics from you, the listeners on Twitter. Uh, so just some things that, that you guys wanted to talk about here. So, um, you know, one, one that we already talked about. So maybe, you know, this is a, a good one to just start with real quick. Um, but we don't have to go into too much detail with it since, uh, from at Mike pump. Oh, six are army frauds or was that just a trap game? So Jake, I'll, I'll let you take that one first. Well, um, I, I don't. I don't see Army as frauds. I, I. I really don't. I think they're a big physical team, who can run and gun. Um, I. I think that you have to credit some of the parity of lacrosse. Um, I, I really think you do, uh, and you have to give credit to Marist. Um, Marist's conference champions a few years ago. Uh, they, it's not a. It's not a. They, they won a couple championships back in before the NCAA. Uh, um, before before they they were oh my god I'm I'm having a fucking stroke. Um, anyway, I, I know I know you're what you're I know what you're trying to say. I you know what I was you know what you're saying like the, before, before they like really like kept before they like were sanctioned stuff. before yeah. yeah before they like kept records before they yeah. were sanctioned right like Marist yeah. had, had a couple of championships back in the day like they're a very prestigious program and very I, I think both of us oh my god our brains are so smooth. 
Um, and I think that more credit goes to Maris than it does to Army losing. So instead of looking at it like if, if it, this is how I looked at it, it was, it's, it's not that Army lost that game. It's that Maryland just kicked the sh- – sorry, Maris kicked the shit out of them. Um, I mean, it, they, they did it. And also Brendan Nickturn, what did he have? Uh, plenty of points on the day too. So, I mean, he's still like three or four uh, in, in the points. But – I I would I would agree with that. I I would say if this were a Tuesday home loss for Army, then the the fraud alert would at least start to it would start to blink a little bit. Like it wouldn't be like full blown like it, like the fraud the fraud meter, right? The the dial on it would just start to tick up a little bit. Um but the fact that it's, you know, again, we, we said this with Maryland too, a Tuesday road game, I, th- I think that, that you can count that as a, tra- a Tuesday road game against a team like Marist who, yeah, like they probably overlooked and regretfully so. Um, so I, I wouldn't call them frauds just yet. Um, and again, like they, they beat UMass and – UMass at the time was a what were they like they were like 19th in whatever media or USAI you like the coaches poll or whatever so like they were still a top 20 team at the time and beat the shit out of them Rutgers was a top 20 team beat the shit out of them so I think I think that they're allowed to have a, a Tuesday loss on the road to Marist without being total frauds uh, I agree let's see I think I think frauds is a I think fraud is a is a term that we throw around way too much. I think that fraud is reserved for someone who is hyped in the off season literally all fucking year. The Cleveland Browns. I, the, the, yes, the Cleveland Browns are fraud. Uh, Notre Dame football. The Notre Dame football program is a fraudulent program. Like, Going to get a lot absolutely. of people riled up with that one. Sorry, folks, but they are. Every year they're ranked way too high. Okay, here I'll I'll even go a step further. The University of Georgia football program, they are frauds. They are five steps short of a of, of an actual title or anything of importance in and every year. So, I think that and, but they're hyped, right? They're hyped in the offseason. That people are like this and everybody everybody down south is the same way. This is Georgia's year. They're going to fucking do it. Like they're going to the championship this year. Like no. Yeah, that's right. But no, they're not, you know, not with, you know, having ex-coaches eating hot dog surprises and things like that. But you didn't see – did you see that tweet, Mark Rick? Oh, with the with – the, uh, Oh, my what, God. Whatever the hell that slop was that he was eating. Oh, my, oh my God. Disgusting. It was like, it was like beans on, on top of like chopped up hot dogs on top of like whatever. But, yeah, um, which, you know, what honestly, Army looked like that Mark Rick meal against Marist, but not frauds. Um, all right, so another let, – let's go to uh, – uh, here we go. Uh, at E. Lemmy Millhouse. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, the, a, very, a very memorable <laughs> handle there. Uh, but he wants to talk about neon green lax balls. Um, now, I'm, I'm assuming that what he's talking about here – uh, so Kyle Burnlore, who is uh, you know he's pro lacrosse player with the with the Whip Snakes. He's a PLL champion in cage. 
um, and also coaches at, at Bellarmine. Uh, but he tweeted out, college across needs to take a serious look at changing the color of the ball. We are doing goalies an incredible disservice. Uh, coach, I can't see on that end. Coach, I need more shots. I can't see anything here. That alley is impossible. Needs to become a thing of the past. Terrible early season indoor venues. Bleachers covered in snow. No other sports deal with the I wonder how he will see the ball there dilemma. Which, that's false. I, I would say uh, baseball outfielders a little bit, but they also wear sunglasses. Um, three seasons in the MLL, one in the PLL with bright colored balls. I couldn't imagine playing with a white ball again. So. It's, it's funny. It, it's so I don't care either way. Change the ball color. I think it's funny that literally the only people who care about the color of the ball are the goalies. Like they're the only people who give a fuck. Oh, well, I, as an, an attackman wouldn't want to be like, yeah, yeah. F- like, fuck you, buddy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to like fake high. So you have to look directly into the sun and then I'm going to stick it low on you real quick. And then you're going to be seeing stars. Um, well, the, the, I can't see on this side of the field. Like, and again, I'm not a goalie, but if I can't see on one side of the field and the sun's hanging low, the sun's going to be hanging low no matter what. And maybe like there's a last second, like I, my visually I can, I can pick up, you know, uh, a, a neon green or a neon orange. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like that amount of time for your brain to register a neon orange or neon green over white while you're standing in the sun, it's got to be negligible. I don't know if it's that much of an advantage, but you know, the snow thing I get, uh, we, you know, again, I live in the South. we never been really graced by any snow so if you guys need it for snow like i trust you you're the ones who your city doesn't shut down when you get half an inch of snow so you know the snow thing i i, I totally get but you know I don't, I don't think it would be a huge deal i think you just you just have to manufacture some different colored balls it's fine somebody gets paid for that yeah it's uh and and if you go with uh the pearl balls those are made in the usa so we are keeping jobs in america so yeah just uh pearl get get after it i mean i i agree it's it's like why not right um i can't imagine that like it, it would probably help uh offenses too it's like Cause like, you know, offenses, you're dealing with the same shit, like not at the same level that goalies are having to deal with it. Cause like they're getting these things just launched at them at, you know, a hundred miles an hour. But like, there's always like a four o'clock game. You're uh, you know, you're just snapping the ball around the horn real quick. And like, there's always that one spot on one of the sidelines where it's like, Hey, like, you know, be careful throwing it from, the low left guy to the top left guy. Like it's kind of hard to see yeah. the sun there. So like maybe that top left guy kind of just like goes back a little bit more towards the uh, midfield line and then you kind of just roll it to him. So like, there's always that one spot where it's like, Hey, just like, be careful. If you're throwing a skip pass there on man up like that, try to like keep it like a little bit lower. Cause it's tough to see. So, you know, I, th- I think offensively it would, it would help in that regard too, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm, I have like pretty bad eyes to begin with. So, uh, but I don't know. I, I think, I think if, if we want to, if, if goalies want the balls to be changed and if, uh, you know, Kyle Burnlor, again, a guy who 
who has played at the top level and collegially has played top level professionally. Like if he's a guy who's saying like, yeah, like this, this needs to be, this needs to be done. I don't understand why we wouldn't listen to a guy like Kyle Byrne Lore and just be like, uh, no, shut up, buddy. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I think that he makes, I mean, he makes a really good point. And I think it's really not like a huge deal that anybody would push back on very hard. And if they do, it's like, what a weird hill to die on. Right. Yeah. I'm done watching college across games ruined to me. Oh yeah. No, you get the same guys who are like, I'm, I can't watch the NFL anymore or something like that. Yeah. Fire Desco. Um, all right, let's go with just a couple more of these, uh, a couple more of these topics here. Uh, Oh, uh, at Cooper Steph Hobart with a quiet 50 goals through two games. Uh, so Hobart, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you have to look against who they're playing though. I mean, it's impressive, right? Nonetheless, like putting up 50 goal, 50 goals is 50 goals, right? So but. what I would say, so Hobart has beat Canisius 22 to eight and Sienna 26 to nine. So yeah, you know, it's not like not all goals are created equal. Um, so if this were like, you know, if this were like Virginia putting up 48 goals against Canisius and Sienna combined, I'd be like, well, like, yeah, like no shit. Like every single time that they wind up to shoot, it's going to be in the back of the net for a team like Hobart. Now, granted Hobart is, is a program that, you know, they were, they were 11 and five last year. Like this is a good team. Like, Oh, fuck, they were 4-10 and 10 in 2018, so quick turnaround for them. Um, but, like, they, they strung together a pretty good season last year. Um, obviously, it, it looks like they've got, uh, you know, a decent one going here as well in the, in the NEC. Like, they didn't really graduate too much from last year, so this is going to be a good year for Hobart. But, like, Hobart's not exactly – like, I, w- I would say that the 48 goals against those two teams for them – is impressive you know what i'm saying like i, I would say for oh, okay, other for, yeah. for, for other teams doing that it'd be like yeah like whatever it's just kenisha sienna i think that the fact that it's hobart doing it is like oh yeah fuck. like this is a team that was four and ten two years ago and now they're just dick slapping kenisha and sienna well if, you know if that's the case i hope they win the nec um i mean uh, yeah well, got- if they if they win the nec that that first tournament game to that, like that's, that's where uh, whoever, whoever was talking about the fraud, fraud alert for army. Like that's when we can break out the fraud meter. Well, yeah, but I mean, let's, let's look at the NEC though. You have to look at all the teams. It's like, fuck, like that's the pretty ragtag bunch. It's like, what are all these programs that like, it's, it's like, I, I, I mean, there, there's no, like, there's no rhyme or reason for it really, but they're just like, yeah, let's just put every put all these ones in in this one real quick, and it, we'll call it the NEC, you know? Yeah, like, I, I, I I don't know, but anyway, uh, if 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 you guys want me to be completely and totally honest, and that's that's what we do here on the pod, um, I'm probably not going to end up watching too many NEC conference games this year, if any at all maybe the conference championship. Well, we appreciate your honesty as always. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know, good for Hobart though. They deserve, you know, they, they deserve a little shout out there. Like, you know, 
48 goals in two games. It's, it's pretty tight. Um, all right. Do we, do we need to do any more here or, uh, uh, well, Brian E angel or angel, whatever, uh, just says more Drake Porter. And I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. Yeah. I don't think there, it, I don't think there could be enough Drake Porter. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, he maybe. was, he, he was 75% on saves in, uh, the Binghamton game. So, crushing it yeah so hey uh desco if if you want that same level of performance out of your number one goalie let the man come back on the pod anytime you want so open invite to drake porter um but yeah so that's you know just 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 chopping it up with the boys talking lax getting the listeners involved so love to see it and yeah i guess uh hobart's just the the nastiest offense in college across um Coming up this weekend, they will be playing against Colgate. So, I mean, fuck, man! Like Colgate can't catch a break at all. Nope. It's it's like even when they have Hobart. Uh, so UNC Syracuse, um, the Michael Sowers game, and then you know just when they think, oh yeah, we have a cupcake on, on the schedule, we can finally like ease our way into the season now against Hobart. Uh, no, you you got to play against a team who just scored 48 in, in, in two games. So Colgate, we, I feel like we need to like, you know, like the Sarah McLaughlin commercial with the puppies that's like yeah. really sad and like you have to like change the channel every time it comes on. I feel like I feel like every time I'm watching Colgate play lacrosse, it's a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. It's it, it has been, you know, that's three L's to start the season and granted, they're they're, you know, ca- they're capitalized L's. Yeah, bold, those are bold, capital italicized and red. And you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Comic Sans. Oh, the worst man. And they're you know the rest of their schedule is not great either. They got to play Army Lehigh Loyola like you know Patriot League stuff. And man, oh. Thoughts and prayers. Pour one, pour one out for him. Yeah. Um, Tip of 40. Well, that might be what Hobart does against like 40 goals in the back of the net. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let, let, let's talk about this weekend's slate of games because per usual, it is loaded. Starting off on Saturday – this game right here, I think, is going to be a um, a real good which one of you is actually good test. Uh, so Loyola and Rutgers. So Rutgers will be making the trip down to Baltimore to face the Greyhounds. This is a 12 p.m. game, uh, noon, and the line here brought to us by at Lax Vegas Lines on Twitter. Make sure you guys are following them. They've got the official lines every single week all locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, so the line here, Loyola minus three against Rutgers. Um, I would say semi-surprising. I, I would have said way more so surprising um, after the Virginia game, but then after, you know, once we saw uh, what Loyola was able to do last week makes a little bit more sense. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like, Rutgers is one of those teams that usually gets a little bit more uh, 
little bit more, I guess I would kind of call it respect. So I, I feel like this would usually be like a, you know, like a one goal line against Rutgers just because people always kind of hype them up a little bit. Um, but yeah, after getting spanked around 15 to four against army, that makes sense. So Loyola minus three at home against Rutgers, Jake, these are two teams where I feel like both of us have no idea how exactly to feel about them. Which one of these two do you think will come out of this weekend actually being good? Oof. I, I to be to tell you the complete truth, I I have no idea. Um, I mean, Loyola. I have no idea how to feel about Loyola. So why? I mean, it it makes no sense. Um, you know, losing to Virginia then beating Hopkins. I I say Loyola probably takes it simply because they. I I guess they've got a little bit more firepower, but. You know, Rutgers is still a team that will probably play them close. Yeah, I think I think Loyola has and again Hopkins I'm I'm disappointed in just because as we mentioned on the pod last week, that game against Loyola for Hop was going to be a big time test for them to prove if like if they can be consistently great and they failed. Um but I still I still believe that Hopkins is a top top 12 like 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 we'll finish probably maybe even top 10 but i would say that they at the very least they finish like top 12 this season so i think that it's still a very good team um so like loyola the fact that they've already played virginia and they've already played hopkins like i i do believe in that um you know that that battle tested type of so you know you look at Rutgers schedule they've played against quinnipiac they played against st john's like whatever, like those are like cupcake games and then they get spanked their first real test against Army. So, um, you know, do you think that they're a team that's going to respond by getting spanked and then following that up with a massive performance against Loyola? I, I personally don't think so. But again, I've, I've been so wrong about so many different things so early on this season that I could be proven wrong. But I, I'm also with you there. I think Loyola, um, they still have to figure out really how to get themselves like a, like a 10, seven win, um, against Hopkins. Like, yeah, it's a good win, but you're probably going to need to score more than 10 goals in most of the games in college across in order to win. Like, I feel like the fact that I I would say the Hopkins lost that game by only scoring seven. So you're going to need to figure out a way to get more offense going. Um, but it's still early on in the post Pat Spencer era, Kevin Lindley, you know, got himself on the board. Um, you know, four times against Hopkins. So he's getting himself going. So as long as he's shooting the ball, I think that Loyola is able to come out on this one. That three might be like right on the money. I think Lax Vegas. I think, lines, so, yeah. I, I think Lax Vegas lines drilled this one. So I don't really know what to do in terms of the, uh, of the line there, but over unders at 22, I would, I would really hope that this one goes over. Like I, I just need, I need Loyola's offense to, um, just start shooting every single time they touch the ball that just get real reckless with your possessions and just, just learn by failure to figure out what really works. So uh, both of us are on Loyola though. Money line. Um, yeah. Objectively. That's the best way to learn to just trial by fire. So, you know, what more can you ask for? Um, staying in the 12 o'clock games, 
Virginia versus Princeton. So Princeton following up that uh, that big win against against Colgate, who again, sorry guys, uh, but Princeton following up that win, that monster performance uh, from Michael Sowers. They will be traveling to Virginia to play against the reigning champs. Um, I mean, this is just a as far as like the history of college across goes, just an all time matchup between Virginia and Princeton. Unfortunately, I don't think that this one will necessarily live up to the hype. Um, no. I think, you know, but this one too, I mean, the, the line here is only three. Um, I don't, and I, they must, they must be. No, I, I disagree with the line. Um, now to be fair, to be fair, um, Princeton, I mean, they, they put up 40 goals so far and grant against Monmouth and Colgate, but back to back 20 goal performances. Um, now that helps when you have the best player in the nation, Michael Sowers putting up 25, 25 points and they've scored 40 goals so far this season. Um, and then, you know, Virginia, Granted, they, they've had a tougher schedule with Loyola and Lehigh, but they, they haven't really like put anyone – they haven't buried anybody. Um, so I, I think that this is their first chance to bury someone, but maybe Princeton is actually – I know that they've been disappointing us the last three years with Michael Sowers, but maybe this is the year that they actually have what it takes to keep pace with Virginia. I don't think that, that Princeton is going to come out here – and beat Virginia by any means, but I think that maybe this is the year that they're finally able to keep up with a team like that. Um, now, the only thing here is that I, I, I think if there's anyone in college across that would be able to, uh, so like just the Philly, so the Philly boys are going to have this scouting report on. Michael Sowers. They're going to know exactly what it's going to take to try to shut him down. So, you know, you got Matt Moore, you got Doc Saken, um, you know, Jeff Connors there as well, but I, I think I'm not sure if Jeff Connor played club with him, but Matt Moore and Doc Saken have, have grown up playing with Sowers. They're probably going to be talking to Lars and be like, Hey, like, and, and this one's going to piss me off because I love Lars, but they're probably going to be like, Hey, like, you, we can't do anything that's going to shut them down. Like we just have to shut them off. Um, so I, I feel like having that little, th- that little connection there for Virginia, I think being loaded up with Philly boys helps them in this one to take down Michael Sowers and Princeton. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I mean, I think Virginia's, um, Virginia's defense is solid and they're going to prove to be too much for Princeton, but I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that you're going to – I don't think you're going to get a guy like Michael Sowers and not – you know, he's not going to walk out of the game, you know, with a with a bagel next to his name. You know, oh, yeah. I, he'll have five to seven, and they'll be absolutely ridiculous and silky smooth, and it'll leave you scratching your head like, how did he do it? Um, and that will be probably the maximum of, of their effort against Virginia. Virginia is just solid in every position on the field. I also think that once you win a national champion, like following a national championship is like, 
like, do they really care about February? And it's like, once you get to that point, it's like, all right, like, cause like for, for a few years, like Virginia's goal was like, Hey, like we need to get a fucking win in the ACC here. So like, that was like their like biggest thing. It's like, yeah, you can like say like, Oh yeah, we go into the season every year. Our goals to win the ACC. It's like, well, no motherfuckers. Like I know your goal was to just win one, but now that you've won a national championship, like that's the standard that's what you're building towards. So are they going to be going a hundred percent in February when they know that they need to be a hundred percent in May? Probably not. So, um, you know, and I think maybe that kind of helps Princeton again, keep this one a little tighter with, I, I think that if this game were Virginia at home against Princeton on, let's say like April, April 9th, then it's like Virginia by, seven or eight um but so i i i'm actually i'm actually gonna go i'm gonna go princeton plus three here i'm just gonna take a a wild flyer on that one just to see if i can get myself going a little bit um but virginia wins yeah i I mean i'll I'll take virginia Uh, plain and simple yep well moving on down the schedule so here's one that um well, we won't be seeing this one as a as a rematch on uh, Memorial Day because we know that Yale won't be playing in the championship because they beat Villanova. Uh, but this is a rematch of last year's semifinal game. So we've got Penn State taking on Yale, the only team to beat Penn State last year, and they did it twice. This This is a game where as soon as the schedule comes out, you know it's circled. It's a home game for Penn State. Here's, here's what I'll say right now. That crowd better be out of their goddamn minds for this game. It's 12 o'clock. That gives you enough time to wake up, do a little like kegs and eggs or something like that. Like if that crowd for this game isn't out of their – like that means that this Penn State team is filled with losers who have zero friends. Yeah, this is the start of the revenge tour. Um, you know, those those first games for Penn State were were really, to be perfectly honest, those were those were a warm up, and then this is where the revenge tour starts. You know, you 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 hang fifteen, you hang eighteen on on Yale, and come out with a dub in the beginning of the season for the only team that beat you twice last year, and that says something. Um, you, you let them beat you one more time, like. <laughs> That is, I mean, uh, you get a it Dikembe. You get a, it would. You get a Dikembe Mutombo finger wag from everybody on Yale. Um, I I know that that you know if I'm Gerard or Sari, I am absolutely thinking about this game. Uh, you know, I, I, he sparred with TD last year twice, and TD had him, I, pretty handedly. Uh, in one of the games, I think another one was closer than we thought, but uh, he, he had him pretty handedly. So, you know, the big thing here for me is you, you got to give uh, Granamet and Mac O'Keefe opportunities to shoot, and you got to give them the ball. So, if they're not getting the ball on the offensive side of the field, I think that you know they seem so trivial and, and obvious. But if they don't have the ball, they're not going to be able to. Sh- they're not going to be able to do their thing. You know, um, so those possessions are going to be are going to be extremely important. What's the line on this one? So the line we've got Penn State minus two 
Uh, but the over-under on this one, and let's all pray and pray and pray for an over. It is set at 30. So the highest of the season. Uh, so that semifinal game last year ended as a uh, 21-17 final for Yale. Now, it's, it's much, uh, you know, I, I think the boys are buzzing a little bit more in a semifinal game. The, the weather's a little bit better. So will we see another 38-goal performance between the two of these teams? Maybe not. But the fact that the line is set at 30, if, if we see anything under, I don't know, I, just, just both teams get as close to 20 as you can. Just give, us, give the people what they want. Goalies, sit this one out. Yeah, there's no reason to, to save any balls. Uh, man, 30, that's a pretty – you know, I'm extremely tempted to take the under uh, because – it's a it's third game you know like it, it we're like what third week you know where they're gonna be a little bit it might be more of a chess match than a shootout if that makes sense you know it might be more about matchups than it is run and gun um if you're listening right now i would advise you to take the under i think it's going to be like a 12-9 game see i really do that that right there like that's that's the savvy pick to take the under while every, but I just don't want to be the guy who's rooting for defense in Penn State versus Yale. Ah, that that's that's my only dilemma there. So I mean, I, we're gonna we're gonna see so many games this this year that that are gonna be ridiculous. So why not? I know, but either way, I mean, this game, um, I don't know. I you got to go Penn State and like there, this team is too good and i think that they're they're going to be too pissed off to not come out here and you know maybe maybe they might be a little too emotional heading into the game you know like they maybe they've put too much pressure on this game um but i think by the time it's all over i think that you know penn state uh you know they they get themselves going and they finally get this one off their back and they finally uh slay the dragon of you and then they won't have to see him again until they meet up in the final four and the semifinals again. That's fair. But, I mean, but Yale beat Villanova. So that's a, that's a good sign for, for Penn state when that inevitable rematch happens. So are we both on Penn state? I, I know that you're, you're, you're on the other. It's, this is another one. I think all these games so far have been um, pretty like again, I, I don't feel comfortable with any of my picks. No, I, I'm I'm on Penn State because I, I I want this to be the start of their revenge tour, and I think that they can do it. And I think that they took you know you, you see a team that you played last year twice, and you're like, okay, like we know what we did wrong in both games. Like we can we can do this. I I I just think that it's going to be lower scoring than we think. I think there's going to be a lot more defense involved than we think. Um, I, I think it might be – it could even be sloppy. It, it could be a sloppy game. Um, but well, I, I, I just think the over is set too high. Um, I still take in Penn State, though. All right. Well, uh, this, this next one coming up, so we are out of the noon games. We're moving on to 1 p.m. on Saturday. 
And this one right here is going to have our poor fella Jake in, in quite the emotional pickle, quite the conundrum here because we've got your UNC Tar Heels taking the trip to Homewood to play against your Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. So this is just uh, – this one is, is going to be a, a, a really a, just a, a look-away game for you. Um, but we've got UNC on the road favored by two goals against Hopkins. So, uh, Jake, I mean, this, this, is, this is the shit-o bowl right here. It is. This is the, this is the game – where I'm sitting at the top of the stands and before the game starts, I'm just like, I hope everybody has a good time and everybody shakes each other's hand and walks off the field. And it's like, wow, lacrosse is fun. And I love my friends or something like that. <laughs> no, no, I, it, just, a, it, just I, a split Jersey down the middle. Yeah, exactly. I'm, 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 I sewed it together in the parking lot or I had my grandmother fucking stitch it together real nice or something. Um, I, you know, you, you uh, I think this, I think this game will say a lot about uh, Hopkins. Um, I think how they deal with North Carolina is going to say a lot about Hopkins for this season and whether that Loyola game was truly um, them not finding a groove or Loyola just kind of being all over the place. Um, Hopkins D is going to really have to, uh, I mean, they're really going to have to handle Chris Gray and all of everything that comes with Chris Gray. But we also don't know uh, if uh, we got the kid Joey Epstein back. So that's, he, he was playing in a knee brace briefly in the first few minutes of the uh, Loyola game, but he exited sometime after the first quarter. So that we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, they've, they've not really disclosed what the injury is, but he was wearing a knee brace. So meniscus something, I, I don't really know strain, but He's a pivotal piece of the offense. Um, so what's the line on that one? So the line here is, is again, it's a UNC on the road favored by two. Uh, the last time that UNC played at Homewood, now granted, like these teams were completely different, right? Like we had right. Kyle Marr, Joel Tinney, Shaq Stanwyck playing at, at Hopkins. So, you know, none of those guys are there anymore. Um, but UNC was, has been able to win it at Homewood their last time that they're there. And, you know, I, I feel like Homewood typically gives Hopkins an advantage. But, uh, you know, when you're a program like UNC and you are on uh, – like it, you're on a mission this year to just be world beaters, to just be shit-kicking every team that you come across. Like this, this is a game where – this is a statement game, right? Like you, you beat Colgate, Mercer, Lafayette congratulations guys like they're good wins they get you absolutely nowhere um this this next you know these next two weeks or yeah i guess like two weeks for them i mean they're what they're at hopkins and then at denver um so these are two big big road trips for them this is where you want to see north carolina come out and make a state like this is they're not going to be frauds, right? Like they, they're going to be a tournament team. They're going to be up there. And, and I know that we've been throwing that word out a little bit. Just, it's just on my mind because of that one question, but like, this is the statement game where it's like, Hey, like 
we are legitimately as good as we've looked so far this season. It's not just because we scheduled three cupcakes to start the year. Yeah, that's the a lot of a lot of people, a lot of teams have had their, uh, you know, coming out party against a, a you know like they play a couple cupcake teams and then they have their first real game and they either get exposed or they're like oh yeah we can handle this so uh, this is UNC's um, and and we'll have to see uh, whether it's you know the name of the game is all you know. Blue Jays, or if it's if it's all Tar Heels, um, I I will say though. So it it depends on um, if if the this Hopkins team, like if there are a bunch of degenerates on there who look at Lax Vegas lines and like see this, because if they know that they're a home dog, like a home dog is dangerous. Um, so like that that should piss them off. Petro, I feel like Petro's that uh, allegedly. Let's just say he looks like a guy who probably runs a book out of his. <laughs> he just seems like one of those guys. So I, I feel like if he sees Lax Vegas Lions put this out, he can use that as bulletin board material, um, and that will be that will be all it takes to. Because again, Hopkins, they're they're that Jekyll and Hyde, um, JH. So you know, one one week they look like they are they belong at championship weekend. The next week it's like they don't want to be there. So this could be one of those weeks. I don't know. I, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna split this one down the middle. I'm gonna go. Uh, Carolina wins in a one goal game. So Hopkins covers. Carolina wins. Okay, that's fair. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll take Hop in that one. I think that if the offense – and I will take Hop if if, and only if the offense gets moving in the first quarter. If, they, if, they get, if there's a, any sort of drought in the first couple minutes, uh, first you know, eight, ten minutes, like I think that UNC is going to you know, take that. But if they can get – if Cole Williams can start fighting some people and putting the ball in the net, I think that Hopkins has a much better chance. Yeah. Quick start. Um, another one on Saturday. Uh, so this will be a, a two o'clock game. So now this one has already been. Um, so so we've got Penn taking the trip to to Duke. I, yeah. So Penn will be heading down to Duke. Um, obviously, you go back a couple seasons, rewind. We go to 2018. Duke was the number one team in the nation. It was a February 24th game and Penn at Penn on Franklin field, uh, take down Duke 10 to nine. So last year, you know, we, we, we got that revenge game going. So Penn going down to Duke, uh, February 23rd game. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, can Penn do it again? And no, they got, curb stomped 17 to seven. Um, so this year, I mean, it just doesn't have quite, it, it doesn't have that same juice heading into the game, right? Like the, the revenge factor, like that's kind of been over with like, yeah, we like already got over the fact that Penn beat Duke while they were number one, but now we have two teams that are, uh, I mean, this is, this is a top 10 matchup right here. Um, 
So two teams that are both in the top 10 going against each other. Uh, you know, Maryland or not Maryland, but Penn had Maryland on the ropes. They were up 15 to nine and then just an all time come apart where they let Maryland score the final eight games or eight goals of that game. So that's got to feel absolutely brutal for Penn heading into this one to be up by six and then not score a single goal for the rest of the game. As Maryland goes on to score eight tough break Uh, Duke, you know, they, they had the loss to start the season, just a, you know, tough one goal loss to air force, but it's not like that's unheard of. Um, Then they followed up with the win against high point, a big win against high point, And then they go on the road and beat Denver. So they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. They say, Hey, everyone's been talking all this shit on February Duke. Uh, We only lost one goal by one game. Like we're, we're here motherfucker. Like we're good. Um, So they're probably feeling good about themselves. And Penn is probably pissed off about letting that game against Maryland slip away from them. Hungry dogs run faster. I, th- I think that Penn is going to be starving for this one. Yeah, I, th- I think that Penn is absolutely starving for this one. I want to see my big man, Mitch Bartolo, come over the top with for a nice little step down and just fucking rip a corner. Um, I love the Penn team. I love how they play. They play very fast-paced. And, I mean, Sam Hanley's just kind of a freak. Just kind of just plain and simple. So a large human being. Um, yeah. and, and this is another one. Penn on the road against Duke. Now, they're a one-goal favorite, but still, they're still favored by one on the road. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I, I, I don't think that you can swallow the way that that Maryland game ended and not come out in this one looking to murder somebody on the lacrosse field. So I, I think that – I don't know. Duke Duke's been looking pretty good the last couple of weeks, um, but like I, I I'm not sure. Who, like I I think whoever was on um, Penn's schedule, um, like the next game following that Maryland loss, would be losing. So yeah, um, agreed. So yeah, I, I just. But it will be telling if if they come out flat. So. You know, again, I, we have no idea how to feel about any of these teams right now. So could be totally wrong. But if Penn is worth anything that the rankings say that they're worth, um, they'll come out here and they'll they'll put they'll put together a big time statement win. Uh, I, I'm 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 in it for Penn on this one. Quakers. Um. All right, and then uh, yeah, real quick, let's let's just finish up here with a little uh with a little Sunday fun day action. So we've got, uh, we actually have a pretty, pretty solid slate of games on Sunday. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, Richmond, that'll be a good one. Cornell high point. That'll be a pretty good one. Uh, but let's talk Cuse versus army. Cause that, that's been a nice little, uh, matchup over the last few years. So this, uh, this will be army's first game since that loss to Marist. So obviously that, that won't be sitting all too well with them. Um, and so far this season, Cuse has been looking now again, Colgate and Binghamton. It's like whatever they're, you know, but it's, it's the way that they're doing it. Um, you know, sure. They gave up 14 goals to Colgate, but they still put up 21. So I feel like 
you know, your offense is buzzing that hard. I feel like defensively, you're kind of like, all right, like we don't have to go a hundred percent here. Like our offense is leading the way. Like we can kind of just chill. We can kind of get ourselves comfortable, make sure now granted Nick Mellon did end up getting a little, little dinged up in that game, but still it's like, let's just make sure everyone gets out of here with like all their limbs attached. Like we don't need to go all that hard. Um, yeah, just, just looking back on, on some of the previous matchups here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Syracuse has been getting the better of Army over the last, you know, the last couple years. Um, so, I don't know. This, this is going to be a tight one. The line here is going to be Cuse. Uh, they are favored by two. Um, you know, and the, the game's in the Dome, so that's definitely going to help them out. Yeah. <clears throat> That's going to be huge, uh, playing in the dumb. Um, I mean, this is now we get to see what. I mean, now we get to see what what Cuse is made of. Um, they say that Nick Mellon's injury is day to day, so whether he or week to week, sorry. So if you know, we may see him, we may not. But I mean, that's kind of a huge hit if they got to play against Brendan Nickturn, which who is I imagine that Nick Mellon would be guarding in that matchup scenario. Um, so we'll see this. This is kind of like, I mean, UNC, you know, having their, you know, their first real matchup with, with Hopkins. Um, Cuse is having their first real matchup with army and an army team that can't, when they come out hot, they can be extremely hot. So um, <clears throat> it will be interesting to see how Cuse takes this one. I, I would love the, I, I would love a, a nice little, you know, Q's wagon start rolling. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd love to see, you know, they, they just, you know, pummel army. I think that'd be hilarious. And I think it would be awesome. Um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, Chase Scanlon have seven or eight, something like that. But I think realistically, probably a closer game, maybe like a 13, 11 or something like that. But, you know, I, I, me, I haven't, you know, I, I definitely will never have my fill on close games. So if I can get one, I will take one. What um, what I want to know is how many kids do you think playing this game right now? Like, how many of them do you think think about that uh, that Army versus Syracuse tournament game in 2010? They probably think about it a lot. Do you think so? Like, you got to remember, that was 10 years ago at that point. Like, some of these kids were, like, eight years old when that happened. Um, like, if you're a freshman, you were eight. Like, you got to be, like, a big-time lax rat to really be, like – like, I bet, like, Drake Porter, like, probably still knows everything that happened in that game. But I don't know. Like, because, like, any time I think about Syracuse First Army, like, that's immediately what I go to. Like, Garrett Thule just yeah. being, being a bully. I'm I'm interested to know though if if the kids that are playing in this game, if like that's if that's immediately what they go to, or if it's just like I don't know, maybe. If, I mean, if not, I'm sure I'm sure they've been informed. You know, I'm sure that somebody is, you know, mentioned it or something like that, or you know, maybe they they, you know, maybe they're showing footage to get them psyched up you know, in, in the locker room, that'd be sick. So you, you never know about that either. Um, yeah, that's, that was a, that was a crazy game. I'm remembering it. 
but yeah, no, maybe that maybe they're showing it in, in a locker room as kind of like, uh, you know, pregame madness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Nick turn on one end and chase Scanlon on the other, uh, and we get to watch it on a Saturday at, at 1 PM. So, you know, maybe you go out Saturday night, stay out a little bit past your bedtime. You wake up in the morning, you're not feeling too hot. You go out, you get yourself a little bit of, uh, you know, you get a breakfast sandwich, everything bagel, bacon, egg, and cheese. You load it up with some hot sauce or, you know, you get your coffee, you finally start to get your head feeling right. And, and at 1 PM, there you go. You get to turn on the game. Syracuse first army, just some great lacrosse to watch. So regardless of who wins this game on the scoreboard, we all win by having some great lacrosse on Sunday. So I'm going to go, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go. Oof. I think army has to respond here. Um, and, and, and I think that maybe Syracuse might be getting a little too comfortable with the way that their offense operates against uh, teams like Colgate and, and Binghamton. So they're not going to be that comfortable against this Army defense. So I think with, with Syracuse being a little too comfy and Army needing to get that Maris loss, that taste of that loss out of, out of their mouth, I'm going to go Army in this one. I think that's a realistic pick. I think that that's not a that's not a, a completely outlandish pick at all. Um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it, it, Syracuse did look good, but you know, they get playing a little bit tougher defense. Um, you know, I'm still going to take Syracuse. I, I I believe in that program. I think that they've been slowly building up for a while, and uh, I mean, doesn't hurt you know to take them. So I'll take Syracuse. Yeah, well, and again, it just a, a full slate on Sunday. We got, what, like six games going on. So uh, should be a great weekend for everyone. And, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some neon green balls out there all weekend. And even if we don't, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. I must be caught from somebody navigating the streets. It's like I bought it from a shop with no return policy. Mine's electrified, boats of one direct find everything that made this month so bleak. I probably ought to just pretend like we never did. I need